Welcome or welcome back to Both Sides of the Barricade. We have a very special guest this week. We have Mob Rich with us. And if this episode is out and you're listening to it, their album is out. It is called Why Know Why. It's amazing. I got the pleasure of listening to it already. And guys, it's amazing. I honestly loved every song. So congrats. I mean, that's, that feels really good to hear that you like liked all the songs. I mean, that's always yeah. a good thing. It'd be way worse if you were like, I liked two of the songs. The other 10 were not as strong, but you know, good job guys. You know, I honestly loved it. I loved it so much. And I felt so honored that I got to listen to it before it was out. That's so exciting for me. I haven't even sent it to my parents yet. I keep, you know, I'm so bad at stuff like that. I'll always be like, yeah, I'll send you the record and then I'll just forget. And then oh my they'll goodness. Be like, well, I feel extra special it? then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask this podcast because it's called Both Sides of the Barricade. I kind of talk about the fan and artist relationship. So I'd mm-hmm. love to let, know a little bit about your relationship with your fans and how you kind of like built your fan base up so far the whole band just started kind of as a, a passion project for maxwell and i we were both doing different things before the band started and we wanted to just make some music for ourselves it wasn't for you know trying to pitch to other songwriters or to sound like anyone else um obviously the sound has changed and now we sound like everyone okay no, uh, but uh in the beginning, what, what I'm saying is like, we, we no one knew who we were in the beginning. And um, to go from that point to, you know, we've gotten to travel around the world and to hear people sing the words of your songs that you wrote in, in a bedroom with your best friend back to you, like, you know, screaming out loud with you, like is one of the just craziest feelings uh, that, that I've personally ever felt. And it, it just shows that like, like the, the music is connecting in a way that neither Maxwell or I ever thought it could. And just so happy that it is connecting with people. And our, our fans have been amazing. I'm shocked every time I, I get a message or, or we get a message that says someone likes the music and we're like, what, how did you even hear about it? It's just like, like, I guess it's working. Like whatever's happening is happening and it's working. And I'm, I'm just happy that it is. For us, it's like, it's, it's a constant process of trying to find like new ways to stay connected with our fans, you know, and feel like we're doing something for them, I think, as, as artists, especially in the kind of genre or the lane that we're in. It's first and foremost, like kind of the most important thing, just second to second to like making good music to just have like a really honest, authentic relationship with your fans and, and try to like show them parts of your life and and let them in and just know that they're a part of a community. And, and we try to do that as much as we can. And luckily, you know, through through quarantine, we live in a time where there's internet and you can, you know, have connections with fans and there's things like Discord and community and, and just regular social media. For us, our favorite thing is meeting them in person, you know, and, and, and going and playing shows and talking to people after the shows and seeing their faces and, and having like those in-person connections, I think is one of the most important things for us because it, it really like grounds us as, as people, I would say, just to know like, oh man, these are the people that listen to our music or they just found out about us because we're opening up for somebody else. Those are like the coolest connections when you, when you either meet someone that's been listening to your music for a while and they came out and they finally saw you for the first time and, and you get to experience that or experiencing someone that like didn't know who the fuck you were and they just heard you for the first time and they're like, oh my God, I'm going to go listen to all your stuff. And you're like, that's amazing because that means that whatever we're doing, we're doing not terribly. <laughs> so, uh, and it, it's connecting on some level and it's hard to like flip the like perspective because as kids growing up, you have these people that mean everything to you and you go and see them and you meet them or you, do, or you don't even meet them, but you see them play music and you go, wow, this person has like profoundly changed my life um, yeah. through their music. And it's really hard to 
even as you're meeting people, like understand that, you know, sometimes these people have been profoundly affected by things that you did. And it's just a weird concept. The really rewarding thing is that past all the like the narcissism and egotism that comes with like thinking like, oh man, they've been affected by something I did, but made someone have an emotional reaction the same way that I had emotional reaction as a kid. And like, I remember that feeling like that's pretty cool and still have those feelings, you know? Yeah. And I was going to ask, because obviously like I'm, I'm not an artist myself, but as a fan, like I can completely relate to meeting an idol of mine and just being like, you don't even know how to express in words, like how much they've affected your life in such a profound way like you were saying are there artists for you two where you've been able to meet even if not like just artists that you would say have affected you in that way yeah I mean if, for me like really quickly like Boney Bear is like my favorite artist of all time um or one of but he's up there probably number one and um we were playing like a festival I've seen him a few, like a number of times in concert and like cried my eyes out every time but like we were playing a show like right before quarantine happened last year in um in Phoenix and he was headlining the festival and I remember like there was like a low level artist area and then like a way higher level artist area like where yeah. it was like they had their own section and and I like remember I saw him like poke his head over the fence because they were like right next to each other and I was like Justin and I was like <laughs> I like I like very awkwardly like raised my hand and uh and he just kind of looked at me and was like did a little head nod and that was enough for me I was like all right cool oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like I'm not gonna be yeah, any more creepy than that yeah <laughs> the artist that probably like inspired me most was probably Led Zeppelin just like and, and Robert Plant specifically I just like I want like I wanted like I wanted to have his hair I wanted to like move my hands like his on stage and like I would watch all these like live documentary and live uh, performance videos of Led Zeppelin I'm like wow I really want to be in a rock band and like it's funny because I was like Maxwell and I were both just like singer songwriters before this and so like the furthest thing from a rock band really but I have one story about like the closest I ever got to Robert Plant was I was playing a an acoustic show down in, in Georgia I, I go into the coffee shop that I'm playing at and there's like this little plaque and it's like here sat Robert Plant at this date like they had a whole plaque you know like that was their like big moment it was like yeah. he sat in this seat so like I got there early and literally I saw that plaque and I just sat in the seat for like an hour and just tried to absorb the like residual ass dust that was on that couch from Robert Plant you know whatever yeah. but I like I like I thought it was so cool but Definitely uh, his performances and uh, his voice and the way that he carries himself on stage was a big influence of a mind still to this day. I like that you have very different like influences. Yeah. So I'd love to know a little bit about like your relationship with music when you were growing up, kind of like what influenced you to get into music and, you know, what you were listening to like as a teenager when you started to like develop your own taste in music. Growing up, I was in, you know, like choir and stuff and I, I tried to play sports as well, but I, I sucked at sports and no one was ever like, you're good at sports. They were just like, you're tall, you should play sports. But with music, it was like, I was, you know, one of a few guys that sang at my school. So of course they were like, yeah, great job. So like that positive reinforcement, like really paid off in the long run. That led to me um, just kind of like seeing instruments as like a fun way to express myself. And my mom was a, uh, my mom was a substitute teacher 
or like a or like a teacher's assistant when I was in elementary school. So she would stay after school and I'd have to stay after with her, obviously to ride home with her. And my favorite thing to do was either to go to the gym and shoot basketball, but there was never a basketball in there. It was just an empty gym. So I was like, I'm not going in there. Or I could go to the music teacher's room. And she was kind enough to let me come in there and like bang on the xylophones and the glockenspiels and the playing the piano. And I was awful i had no clue what i was doing but you know she had a door on her office so i'm sure that was shut now i'm thinking about it but she let me in there and let me like play with the instruments and that definitely inspired me a lot young and going from there i i, I uh, stole my dad's guitar going into the summer before high school because i wanted to be in a band with my cousin but my co cousin was a grade older than me he was already in high school so i was a loser so like that was not gonna happen. So so immediately I was like, all right, well I guess I'm just gonna go solo. And you know at that time I was listening to a lot of you know stuff that my dad listened to growing up. And then my brother went to college and he introduced me to like Jack Johnson, who was this like new underground acoustic guy. Like to think of like Jack Johnson as underground and hip is funny now, but like at the time it really was. It was like very like, like new folk. Like no one had really heard that sound before. And that really changed my, my mindset of what I could do personally. I was like, oh, he, he plays guitar and sings. And like, that's it. Like I could do that. And another turning point was like, I went and saw this artist named uh, Paolo Nutini. Big influence of mine, kind of, like like uh, on an exterior level. I went to go see him play and I think he was like 18 or 19 and he was hammered on stage. And uh, I just remember his voice was cracking. He wasn't quite hitting some of the notes, but it was still amazing. I didn't yeah. care. But in that moment, I was just like, he's human too. I'm human. Maybe like, and then I, I drew the line from me on the, uh, on the, ground floor to him on the stage I was like oh I see a direct line now yeah of how I can get there because I'm human he's human we all make mistakes it's real yeah. and that was like my first the first moment of being like this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life man for me it was like a lot of listening to what my my parents listened to obviously you know growing up that's just kind of a, a natural progression of kind of your intake musically and m my dad was in rock bands and kind of like hair metal bands all throughout the 80s and like early 90s and so I listened to a lot of what he was listening to it's a lot of Rush a lot of Metallica a lot of Nirvana. My mom was more on the lighter side and, and liked to listen to like Nora Jones and different things. And and as I grew up, I had no direct interest in playing music until I was around fifth or sixth grade. And and my I think it was my grandparents got me like a few months worth of guitar lessons as a gift. And I really like had no like outward interest of being like, yeah, I want to play guitar. But I was like, oh, they got me as a as a gift so I'll do it and um it kind of was just like the nudge I needed to just pick up a guitar for the first time and try to like learn it and I was very similar like Connor I was the other way I was very small as a kid and I was just getting my ass whooped in every sport that I played and I had no one going you know oh, you should keep doing this as I started to take guitar lessons it just made sense to me to be like okay this is something that I can do on my own as I got a little bit older I started to play in front of friends and play in talent shows and I saw like the reaction that it got and, and very similar to Connor, it was just kind of like the validation that I needed as like as a young kid to be like, okay, this is this is like my identity. I, I, I can kind of like mold myself around this thing and started writing music like my freshman year and playing in bands. And I remember like I met a few people in my high school that previously hadn't really spent any time with. And, and once we all knew that we played music, like we all played guitars and, and sang, 
we were like, oh, well, this makes sense. We, we have a lot of like similar interests. And I started listening to music I had never listened to before. You know, I started, you know, <laughs> doing drugs and all these things kind of happened at the same time that like, oh, okay. Like now my mind is open to a whole new side of life that I've never really gotten a glimpse at before. You know, I was raised in a more conservative household and, and I went to Catholic school my whole life and, and kind of opening my eyes to the possibility of what else is out there outside of that was really good for me. And so when I graduated high school, I luckily had this really like important moment where we had gone and recorded music at this studio and the owner of the studio came up to me afterwards and it's just like little boutique studio in, in Indianapolis where I'm from. And um, the guy came up to me and was like, hey, you're good. Like, are you going to college or anything like that? And I was like, no, I'm not going to college uh, outside of Indianapolis. Like, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go to community college here. And, and he's like, well, do you want to intern at the studio? And, and you know, you can clean up and sit in on sessions and, and basically, like, use the studio when no one's there. And I was like, yes, please. Thank you. So I started doing that for, like, six to months to a year. And that was a huge turning point because I got to understand, like, a different side like recording and understanding how engineering and all that works. And then it really was the kind of the motivation I needed to take the next step, which was moving out to LA when I was like 19 and, and kind of pushing my hypothetical career forward. You know, I, I still had no idea whether I was going to be doing this long term or I wanted to, you know, it was, it was, it was something that was inherent in me now by now and a, a huge part of my life and pretty much the only thing that I knew I could possibly do outside of that it was all what ifs but yeah I think all, all those moments were huge turning points you know playing in bands and, and just finding like-minded people it, it, it became the thing that just really shaped my identity that's amazing that guy at the studio like obviously <laughs> yeah. saw something in you that's pretty crazy I mean again even though I'm not an artist I had uh, like a performance class for my mm -hmm. college and I was terrible like I didn't want to do it I had such bad stage fright I was like no 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 I think I love singing in the car love singing in the shower but I don't want to do it in front of people <laughs> so I really applaud anyone who does sing in front of people that's it's really scary and I'm sure once you get like you were saying that validation that you know you're good at this and people are liking it it's it's better but like I, you have to get past that first yeah, step yeah. actually doing it so I really commend anyone who does that you know what's so funny though is like I, I and I think Connor and I were both lucky in this regard you know we weren't good as kids you know like we weren't no. we weren't we I was weren't just good. thinking about like I, I remember my nose used to flare anytime I'd sing I was like hello hello <laughs> like any, i don't know why i'm singing hello but anyways like anytime i sang my nose would flare and there would be a conscious in my mind i was like why am i doing that why am i doing this and i would just get so self-conscious and like that lasted i don't remember it ending i think it just like just stopped thinking about it the fact that we had people around us that didn't put us down you don't even necessarily need someone to be like you're the best you just need someone to be like good job like keep going you know like and yeah. and not being like oh you should put this down this isn't going to be a career for you you know or this isn't gonna yeah. this isn't gonna yeah. last and luckily we both had enough neutral validation of being like you know keep going like keep working at it just and positive reinforcement yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly i think the biggest thing is just finding like what you're passionate about and following that like it doesn't have to be something that you think you're going to make money in right away but if you're doing it and you're passionate about it like you'll find a way to make money eventually with it I think so uh you guys are actually in like a pretty good spot though with your album being released because it's kind of you know right before things can kind of come back and you can do shows again yes I remember we said the same the same time last year we we're like look it's going down and we're like by fall last year and we're like, I know. I'm just like, in the back of my head I'm like don't 
don't go to there. I know, but I mean, with like festivals being announced, like what ideally would like 2021 have in store for you with, you know, life is beautiful. If you're doing your own thing, you know, what, what are you excited about if things were to kind of return to normal by the end of this year? Touring. Traveling, touring. Yeah. Live shows, saying hello to people. In my best case scenarios, you know, later this year, probably like second half of the year, getting back to that and and hopefully seeing yeah just a return to the more normal artist lifestyle of being on the road and and getting dinner yeah absolutely I mean with me graduating too I'm like I hope I can like you know follow people on tour and go to festivals and things like that and just like meet people like obviously this has been a great way for me to meet artists and people in the industry you know through even though it's through a screen like it still has kept me kind of social and able to network so that's exciting but I'm definitely ready to to be back in a pit again oh. uh, I cannot wait so think about the feeling of walking into the festival for the first time and like hearing music <laughs> off in the distance seeing all the people I can't just like oh man it's gonna be so good I know I've almost like forgotten what it feels like it's so sad but I mean yeah hopefully we will be back soon enough so I have some questions for you first one is how has your career as a duo been different from those of solo artists like from your perspective how would you compare the two I would say in a couple of ways, it's amazing. In a couple of ways, it's a little bit harder. I think like in the ways that it's amazing is you split the work and you have more opportunities to do stuff because there's two of you and you can and, um, kind of create with somebody which lends itself to cooler stuff, putting two minds together. And luckily, Connor and I work well when we put our heads together and, and we both come from very different mindsets a lot of times in the way we look at things. And so it, it lends itself to more interesting ideas and Connor's very out there and I'm very like compartmentalized and so it, it, it works well. The one thing in a social media age is sometimes a little bit harder as a duo because especially like for a long time it was a little hard to get to each other just because of quarantine and lockdown and the way things were going. It was a little harder to create content. I think as an individual you're like all right it's just me so I can just pump stuff out and it's just me in my head and I can just do whatever I want. So for us because we're constantly being like hey do you want to do this and hey what do you think about this idea? It's a little bit harder sometimes to um, make those ideas come to life just because of the limitations of that. But I think overall, it's been a, a huge blessing because I think we've created things with each other that are, I would say, the best things that we have created even as individuals. And so like when you look at it from that perspective, it's like, oh, well, it makes sense. Like We are doing things that we wouldn't do and we've pushed each other to new levels in terms of being songwriting and production now when we create stuff on our own i think it's even better than what we used to because we have like more informed we worked with amazing people so overall i think it's been really good yeah i think the best part about being in a duo is that when you work alone there's always the question of doubt or there's always a doubt in the back of your mind of like I don't know if this is good enough. I don't think this is good. You know, like there's always that part of you. Mm -hmm. And being the duo, it's like you can voice that concern that and I can be like, yeah, I don't think this is good. And Maxwell's like, no, this is fucking great. And then you're like, oh yeah, actually you're right. This is fucking great. One of the best things also about, about it is like when we write together, because it is two minds thinking of one idea. It's usually an idea that is universal. That way we know that when we finish this song, not only will I relate to it and you relate to it, there's a really good chance that other people will too, because we have written a song that even though like some of the songs we have are an isolated experience, but like we, it's written in a way that we can both 
say yes yeah I feel that I have felt that I've been there yeah so what is your creative process like especially in regards to you know this album that you've put out you know what is it what inspires you and what goes into making the visuals you know all of that in terms of the actual music it's been you know a long time coming we've been writing together for about close to six years now and so some of the songs are deep cuts in the sense that like we've been holding on to them for a long time waiting for the point at which we're going to release a record and be able to put some some uh, like more album tracks on there and so when quarantine hit and we came up with the idea of like all right well let's finish an actual record we went in with with our buddy Mickey Adamson who produced the record along with us and took all of these songs that we knew that we wanted to finish and we finished them with him and and it was such a, a wonderful experience because we took all these songs that have been sitting in our demo pile for a long time and and kind of like all right we get to like make all of these sound similar and and, and cohesive and we've never put a full record like that together so it was really cool and an amazing experience and in terms of the visuals we worked with a really amazing artist uh, named Dewey Sanders and we came to the idea like we wanted to do something very collage-esque and very surrealist in terms of like the artwork and 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 have all the singles and the artwork make sense together and he just you know nailed it and we just went back and forth a lot in terms of the ideas of what we wanted to be in there and and, and this record itself is, we like to think of it as a collection of conversations because, you know, Connor and I, as best friends and in, in, in a band together, we've just had countless conversations and, and these songs were a result of those conversations and, and ideas and, and feelings that we've had. And so we wanted the artwork to reflect that and kind of have images and 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 feel like they were a conversation too. And, and, and hopefully it comes across as that. And the videos, I think our videos are always an ability to expand on like a real <laughs> goofy side of ourselves. You know, like yeah. we really like to show that. And I think in our videos and kind of be tongue in cheek, even when the songs are a little more serious. And so it's always an opportunity for us to be like, man, what if we did this? Or what if we did that? You know, it's like, yeah. I think there are artists that everything is so aesthetically the same and everything is within this filter. And I think for us, we kind of branch out a little bit and go like, man, like, what if we just had a guy dancing through the streets of, you know, Atlanta and like for everything and nothing. And like, yeah. or, or, and sometimes we work with amazing directors who give us ideas that we had never thought about, like the Yoko Ono video and a couple other videos we did with this guy named Scotty Cameron. And he just came to us with the Yoko Ono idea. He's like, I want to put you guys in car beds and I want to drive you around Los Angeles. And we were like, yes, like this sounds amazing. And so it's always an opportunity just to span your visual artistic sense that like you know as as musicians sometimes we don't know how to do and so yeah working with other people is amazing I wanted to ask you guys what your favorite songs like each of your favorite songs on the album is and kind of what inspired them it always changes for me on some different levels like I, I there are songs that I'm really excited to play live and I think will just take on a new form as we play them live. Like there's a song called Bug In, which is early on the record. That's I love that just, one. I was going to um, say. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, that one's like special to me in terms of like, I think it'll just be so much fun to play live. Like mm-hmm. I think it's going to be so big and anthemic yeah. and, and everything and nothing I think will be really fun live. Just listening to the record, there are a few that are really special to me. I think a song called Two Sides, uh, which is really just about duality and 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 how as as high as you go as far as you fall you know it's like it's that idea that doesn't you know doesn't matter joy and 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 sadness are always going to be a part of your life and and they'll be intermingled with each other it always just hits me in a way 
there's a song on the record that actually Connor uh, wrote by himself called Lips and Mouth, which I think is such a, uh, an amazing record. And that's a really special one just because, you know, I didn't write it, but I get to share in it. You know, I get to share in the having it be part of our catalog. And that's really special. And go back to what he was saying about the, the songwriting process of it. It's like, even if like there were songs that we didn't fully write completely together, it's like, it's still, I still had to go to him to show him and be like, what do you think about this? And like, he had that final polish of it. It's yeah. like, you're like, let's tweak this, let's tweak this. It's it's almost as if he did write it with me. Back to your question, like, what is my favorite song? The record, like Max said, it changes every day, but today it's probably made to fall. It's probably one of the most serious songs on the record. And yeah, I'm just glad it's going to be out there. It really says a lot about how I feel and how Maxwell feels about life in general and our need and want to make our family and friends proud and whether it's from an ego place or just a, a place of like when you think about your choices in life it's like yes they're all like from you know you can look at them as a, a place of ego right but you can also like see it as a place of like you're trying to do things because you want people to be happy and yeah. you know that like by succeeding I will bring joy to these people in my life and it's kind of about that and about just like wanting to su succeed at life, not only for yourself, but for those around you. I did want to ask you about collaboration. I mean, obviously you guys collaborate all the time because you work together, but um, you have a song with Bishop Briggs, who I love. And yeah, I just yeah. want to ask, you know, what is it like working with friends or other artists, um, kind of including them in your vision? And especially that song, I'd love to know, just because I love Bishop. <laughs> that song specifically was crazy because first off, as emerging artists, anytime a bigger artist hits you up and is like, hey, I love this song. Do you want to work together? It's very surreal. And you're like, okay, well, this big artist knows us. Like they know about she, us. <laughs> she like liked a photo before. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And, like hit up Max with me. He's like, she liked her photo. And then she did. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So when she hit us up, she was like, I, I don't know if you would want to write. And we were like, you can lose it. I don't know, because we definitely want to write. So <laughs> we came in one day and she had this idea already in her mind that she wanted to write about, kind of like writing about liking somebody from, but from the other person's perspective. And we wrote that song in 30 minutes. It was so easy. It was an amazing day just overall. And it turned out to be such a great song and such a, uh, a different palette to our you know our already kind of like established sound and she's just such a pleasure to work with and um we have nothing but good things to say about old miss briggs and uh <laughs> i went and saw her in philly um back in like i want to say 2018 and i showed up to like the meet and greet because i had like a vip ticket and we were wearing the same jacket and oh no way went, yeah it was like because she loves like track suits and she was wearing a lot of track mm -hmm. suits at the time and i wanted to i got this like fila yellow jacket with like hello kitty on it and we showed up in the exact same jacket and like our, we have a picture together in the same jackets it's very funny i was like well one of us has to change like uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i thought that was very yes <laughs> i actually like was going to uh, a buddy show and i was going with with jordan granson and um i hopped in an uber with him and i was just like oh man this this song that we wrote like i think it's like i don't think it's too good like we spent all day and like i don't know about this song and he's like oh well that sucks and I remember then I was with him a few months later and I was like, oh yeah, this is the song that I was telling you about that one night. And he's like, bro, this is your hardest song to date. Like, this is so good. And I was like, really? Okay. And then a 
fast forward even more i went to connor i was like do you think jordan like maybe would want to like hop on the song like he says he really likes it and hop even farther into the future i like approached him with the idea and we just kind of went back and forth and he's like yeah yeah yeah, that'd be cool and then he was on tour and he sent me a voice note and it was just like his his verse or the bridge for the song and we have this ongoing joke because <laughs> jordan always jokes with me he's like immediately like <laughs> when i heard that song i knew it had to be mine like he's like yeah i knew it had to be mine and uh he always sends me this meme where it's like a, a stick guy going like I made this and he like holds up and he holds up like a little piece of like rock or something and then there's another stick guy and the other stick guy takes it and he goes no I made this <laughs> and, and like and he, we always have an ongoing joke because he really did like he took the song to another level like him yeah. and his producer and, and he was like I just want to sing all over the song if that's cool with you guys and we were like yeah and um we were just like I just wanted to be I just wanted to be a collaboration I want to get it out into the world and so we're really willing to do whatever and yeah he made the song so much better because like it fits his sound a lot too and so it was such a nice bridge between the two of us but that that whole process was just like working with a friend you know so it was a different process where like there's a lot less I would say pressure because it's like hey man we're just like homies like whatever happens happens like no one's like too worried about this and and um like we're and, hoping it works in the back of our head, but we know that like if it doesn't, whatever, we're still buddies and like yeah, we'll we still write together. And yeah, yeah, it's it's all good. And so yeah, that was just a funny situation in general. And there is a really funny aspect to it because me and Jordan sound a lot alike vocal wise. And I actually like I I've written a few songs for his project, and like there's a song uh, called "Put Me Under" that I did a demo for. Like we had written it, I did a demo for him. I was like, "Do you like this vibe?" and like my vocals are actually still in the song in some places because I sound so much like them that they were like, well, let's just leave his vocals in in that part and like, it'll add to it. And so like when we did Happy Pill, I I was like, because me and Connor like split our vocals and Jordan was like sitting in the middle. I was like, bro, it just sounds like it's you on the, on the half or like the whole right side. Like I just get lost, man. And he's like, he's like, well, we'll just turn you up a bunch. And, and so like, that was the only like probably like obstacle to overcome in the whole song was just like I just want to hear myself and so yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh never such... had I been so happy to have like a low deep voice yeah <laughs> yeah that's the one thing with us collaborating with other people it's it's a little interesting with with the friend song it's so easy because you know uh, uh Bishop A being a girl and A being have such a, a distinct voice you know oh, it's yeah. like she sits in a different plain as us you know yeah. so it was really easy to kind of like mold those vocals together and even when we did uh when we had matt mason on our strip cover of yoko ono he has such a distinct voice that it's really easy yeah. to to find the voices in the mix uh what do you hope people get from listening to your music especially this album what do you hope to get from sharing your art with the world so what do you hope your fans get and what do you hope to get for for me albums are connected to points in time Mm-hmm. and like it's like time traveling like I can pop on third eye blind jumper album and I'm like it takes me back to driving in Texas in a minivan with my family yeah. like and thinking about like al- alternative music and and like I-, I am there when I listen to it right and and it takes me to a million other places too but my hope for the album is that people have good connotations with with the album and they I hope that they connect with it on, on ways that, that make them like, anytime they hear it, they just feel good. Anytime they hear it, I hope they think of amazing parts of their life. I hope that like, this is the end of fucking COVID and like, this is the album that makes them go, 
it's over it's fucking on to the next thing yeah bigger better stuff and like i just hope the album brings people joy absolutely i hope that along with joy i hope there are moments of melancholic introspection that people have with it because like <laughs> no but for real like <laughs> yeah but seriously like i i my favorite records are the records that i sat with in the car looking out at the sky and being like oh man like, all right what do i want to do with my life like what what does this all mean and those records just like they just find a place in your bones you know like they yeah. find they're like deep-seated and uh, i hope that even if one person has that reaction to the record where they where it sits in a place where it takes them to that i think the record moves in a way where there will obviously be highs you know some of the songs are big and massive and, and fun along with that i hope they're i hope they get both out of it i hope that it's paired with the, what we talked about I hope it's duality i hope they have the highs and not the necessarily the lows but just that introspective uh time with themselves with the record yeah yeah. There, there, there's a scene in Almost Famous where uh, the the boy gets all his records from his older sister and he, she's like, all right, you should listen. Like he finds a note. The letter says like, listen to this record in the dark with a candle lit. Yeah. And like, and like, you know that like, it's a movie. It's not, you know, true or whatever, but like to, to a full extent, but like, you know, though, that there are people out there that do that. Like we have all done that. We've all sat yeah. there in the dark room, listen to a record or sat in our car in the parking lot and listen to an album. I just hope that it all um, finds a home in people's lives. Yeah, for sure. How do you hope people listen to it for the first time? Like, are they in their car? Are they in their room by themselves? Are they with friends? It's always a good one. I mean, yeah, it is. It's blasting my- a record <laughs> with, with the windows down cruising is one of the best feelings. So. It's a good album for that too. So Yeah, I think so. <laughs> think so or the live travel yeah, travel yeah yeah i got a festival in a bright sunny day mm-hmm. with a good buzz going on and you're just like yes you know <laughs> that's a good one too yeah i know hope like i don't i won't ask you guys if you're playing any other festivals but i'm over here on the east coast so if you have any east coast festivals coming up like maybe i'll nice. be there <laughs> well, we might, yeah, we shout might. out to all the East Coast festivals, if you want us, we'll be there. So, yeah, shout out. So yeah, I have a little song association game. You don't have to sing or anything. It's just kind of like I ask you a question, you answer with a song that fits the category. For example, okay. uh, name a song that you discovered together or showed each other. Oh, still woozy. Oh uh, yeah, I'll still what's woozy. It, what, what's, what's the, no, not Lucy. No. Goody bag. Goody bag. Yeah, I love that yeah. song too. Yeah, that's um, a good one. Yeah, and then name a song that inspired the sound of your album in some way. It doesn't have to be a big one, but something you listen to maybe while making it. Uh, Broken oh. Bells, The High Road. Mine by Bonzi. Mine. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Bahamas. The Bahamas. Also, uh, uh, Kids by MGMT. Oh, a good one. Oh, yeah. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> But name a song that you really relate to. My favorite yeah. song ever that I've always like, I've always drawn connotation from my life into, I've tried to make it like my, my every line. I'm like, oh, that's my life. That means yeah. this part in my life. I try to like fortune tell it out of, but it's going to California by Led Zeppelin. Mm. It's like my all time, like when I hear that song, like literally here is a, this is show, just shows you how crazy I am. Anytime I'm landing or taking off on a plane, I listen to that song. I do the same thing, like with because I, uh, I'm like, if I'm gonna die, I want to be listening to this song when the plane goes down. 
I do the same thing. That's so funny. 715 Creeks by Boney Bear. I love that song so much. Yeah. Um, okay. And then name a song that you like playing in the car, which we kind of just talked about, but the specific song that you like blasting in the car. Pretty much all of Third Eye Blind's album. Semi Charm Kind of Life. Yeah. Yeah. That one too. But I would say. Salad Days by Mac DeMarco. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> As I'm getting all the feet, uh, like on the PCH type of vibe, you know, yeah. like looking at the ocean. It's really yeah. good. Oh, Definitely need- moving to California changed my whole like, mm-hmm. like vibe of listening to music. Yeah. Like I definitely listened to a lot more of that world. Yeah. Once travel is a thing, I will be visiting out there for sure. I mean, there you go. Um, and then the last one, uh, what is one of your all-time favorite songs, which Connor, you did mention, but if you want to say another one, feel free. <laughs> I would say for me, another, another Boney Bear song, but uh, Restacks by Boney Bear. Another classic. <laughs> I think classic is such a sad song. Like I listen to it. Such and, like, a crying. sad song. Oh yeah. <laughs> one of my favorites. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just throw out an artist because I can't think of an ex- exact one song in particular, but like Astrid, Astrid Gilberto. Hmm uh she like her voice is like next level yeah (laughs) so I like to end the episodes with a little current favorite section so if you have any current favorite songs albums artists that you're listening to feel free to plug them um whatever you're into right now the the Um, new Briston Maroney album that just came out I've been listening to a lot of um this band called Belaganas, specifically this song called Jackknife. And I just found he's been he's been kind of blowing up as of recently, but Fred again. Fred again is like this dance artist, but he he does really cool music. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously go listen to Why Know Why. That's what I'm listening to right now. Because I haven't really. <laughs> but um, honestly, I seriously love the album, guys. Like it's every song is great. Um, two sides. I mean, I only got to listen to it in full once. I, I always listen to albums in full in order the first time, but I only got to listen to it in full once, but I went back to like Buggin' and Two Sides and lips and mouth i love those songs so you guys nice thank you so much yes (laughs) so that's what i'm listening to another song i love i feel like i plug her all the time but um this artist baby queen she's like a london alt pop artist she's she's kind of emerging as well um she just released a song recently called dover beach which i really like very fun summer song um so check her out yes i love her i mention her all the time it's so funny but like (laughs) i am obsessed so (laughs) with all of that being said uh everyone who's listening to this go stream the album why know why from mob rich it's amazing you heard it from me first and uh you can find mob rich on social media at mob rich on instagram mob rich on twitter and mob rich music on tiktok is that all correct? Sounds good to me. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with all of that being said, this has been an episode of Both Sides the Barricade. You can follow us on Instagram at Both Sides the Barricade, on Twitter at BSOTB Pod, the acronym and then pod. We're on Facebook. You can follow me at JTaylorLDR on Instagram and Twitter. This episode is available on Spotify and iTunes. You can watch it on YouTube and you can follow, subscribe, like, download, rate, comment, all of that. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Mobridge, for being here. You guys are amazing. And uh, we will see you in the next episode. Go listen Thanks to the album. <laughs> yes, everyone. Bye.